Welcome to the Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Priority Now is hosted by Carmen Halsey of the Illinois Baptist State Association. Hey ladies, this is Carmen and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. We're excited you're joining us and this week Alyssa Cottle's with us. Many of you know Alyssa, she's one of our Illinois Baptist women down in the Carmi area. Hi Alyssa, how are you? I'm doing great this morning, Carmen. How are you? I am doing good. I am doing good. Friend, I have the privilege of knowing you a little bit. God has allowed our past to cross and we've sit. You've done some training for us, you know, with our with our women here in the state. And so thanks for giving us time today. But I wanna I wanna let the other women in the state get a glimpse into your life and hopefully let you become part of their network and then become part of your network. Absolutely. Alyssa, will you share a little bit, just briefly, to give us some history about your own discipleship pathway? And here's what I mean specifically by that. You come to Christ. When did somebody actually reach out and formally invite you in, or you found a way to plug into discipleship yourself? And go ahead and unpack some of that story, because I know as God took you to seminary, you also got very involved with a local church that was very intentional, the way they were doing discipleship. So I really want to start Start there by you giving, you know, giving our audience just a little bit of a um, context of where we're coming from with your experience. Absolutely. You know, I grew up in church, and so there was a lot. I would say most of my formative younger years, it was a lot of informal discipleship. Like I look back at, you know, my parents separated and divorced when I was in fifth grade, and that continued on through my sixth grade year. And in Awana's one of our leaders, I think she just recognized that there was a need in me to grow. And she was just more intentional. I I don't even remember her name, but I just remember her willingly walking with me, you know, from one area to the next and just asking questions about how I was doing. And then, you know, she would usually bring me back to the scriptures from our Awana's lessons to go, well, remember, God is this. God is, you know, and when we go through things, we can trust in him. And then, you know, middle school, high school, I wouldn't say that there was ever formal discipleship, except for just, I remember there were three couples in our church who specifically took over or helped in the middle school, high school area. And they were very intentional as couples in ministering Mm. together and being vulnerable with us as much as you would want to be vulnerable, I think, with high schoolers, but also in modeling. Like, I just remember when they would open up the scriptures with us, it wasn't necessarily they were telling us everything we need to know, but they modeled how to ask questions from the scriptures and then how to talk through it and think through it. And so I look back and I see those as they weren't, you know, like a formal discipleship, yet they were tools of um, how God was using what was in church already to do discipleship. And then when I was in college, I was a music major for the whole thing. And then my senior year, I had to take a class on biblical worldview and and theology. And my eyes were just open to the depths of scripture. And I was floored and thought, how have I missed all of this? And a friend said, you know, why don't you think about going to seminary? And I laughed at him. I said, you know, the only reason a girl goes to seminary is to go get her MRS degree. And that's not me. And I'm never marrying a pastor. And the Lord has a great sense of humor. So I ended up staying an extra year. The dean of our school of music made it so that I could keep my scholarships. But I ended up changing a companist. And I took a class to kind of help with seminary. 
And so the professor for that class and my accompanist went to church together. Mm -hmm. And so they figured out pretty quickly that God had put me in both of their paths at the exact same time. And so they actually tag teamed me. I, I don't know how much they would divulge information with one another, but it was so amazing because Jana had this, just this gift of discernment. And so she would bring that into what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And then um, Carolyn had this gift with just helping with understanding the word and teaching the word. And so between the two of them, they came in and really started helping me understand the scriptures and deepen in. Um, I mean, at that point, honestly, I did not like that I was a girl. Not that I had a, you know, not that I wanted to change it, but mm -hmm. I just, my God, why did you make me a girl? Men can do so much more than women can. And through that time with them, they really started opening my eyes and helping me see through the scriptures how amazing it is that God has made me to be a woman and to be exactly who I am. I always thought that was just so interesting, though, how God had gifted them differently, but used them together to mm -hmm. jump in on that. And then when I got to seminary, I realized I had the Lord had had me pouring into younger women throughout college, high school, even working with the younger girls. And so I knew that that needed to take place. And so the church that I ended up becoming a part of there, they had multiple ways that they were looking to have that happen. You know, they had been a church plant. They had only existed for maybe seven, eight years at that point. And so they really had the freedom to try a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. The first year I was there, they were really focused on first growing the men and starting to develop a discipleship path for the men. And then the next year, then they really focused in on, okay, now how do we carry this over and really focus in on discipling the women? And you had multiple things going on. They had a, they, they developed what they called the women's school, where there was actually teaching a lot of kind of what you're doing with the online courses connected with Southwestern. I think those are brilliant. But so they would do that. And then they would also bring in what they called a trivium. It was partially an accountability group and it was partially a discipleship group because God has gifted each one of us and he has taught each one of us differently. You know, for people who have been a Christian for a while and who have grown a lot, when you put two of them together, there's this mutual encouragement that comes out. There's almost a mutual discipleship that goes on between them. And then you bring in a third person. And what they found with having a group of three was that consistency was better. There was also room for growth because oftentimes, you know, as you're discussing through your personal issues, as you're looking at scripture, you know, person A may be able to speak into it, whereas person B is going, well, I don't know about that at all. And then, you know, as the tables kind of turn, person A is going, I can't, you know, I, this is not something I can grasp. And person B is going, oh, let me be able to speak into that because God has taught me. And so this group mm -hmm. of three, um, there was such a beauty in a mutual encouragement. And then the idea was then as they grew spiritually, they would start seeking who else can we bring in? And as you brought in a fourth person, then the goal was to kind of multiply out so that you have two groups and each of those groups start looking for a younger believer to bring in to do this with. Does that make sense? 
Well, I, I think I was following you until I'm real slow at the math. I'm trying to decide how the four broke off when they brought a person in and stayed in three. So I was going. I want to know what happens when they brought the fourth in. So when they were the four, then they broke off into two groups. Each group two. has two. Okay. And those two are praying, going, Lord, who do you want to bring into this group so that we're back to three for the accountability, the consistency, right. and the speaking into one another's lives? Mm-hmm. And who do you have that might be younger than us that we see that needs your leadership, that needs your guidance? That's good. Uh, Alyssa, I want to ask a couple of questions because that's what I love about your story. That's what I just love about women, just what I call the everyday woman sharing their story of how um, God pursued them, but also, you know, flip the tables and um, so that they're they're pursuing somebody else and, you know, pouring into. And sometimes I think we're, we're complicating this concept of discipleship. And, um, and, and I think that that a lot of women are pulling back from the, t- we, we need them at the table and they're pulling back from the table, disqualifying themselves. And, right. um, and if there's, if there's anything that's burning in my heart right now, it's to, to get us to the table um, where we're growing, you know, somebody's pouring into us and we're growing, but at the same time, we're intentionally pouring into somebody else. And yes, there might be some models and some pathways, you know, to put a little bit of structure, but not wait until we think we're an expert at a model or a before we're doing it. So I, I want to ask you a question. When you said, you, okay, these two ladies pursued you, first of all, how did that make you feel as an individual, as a woman, to be pursued by two people to pour into you? I loved it. Oh, my goodness. Like the fact that they even saw that the Lord was working and would want to even spend time with me was now one was my professor, one was my accompanist. They absolutely had to spend time with me like they couldn't get away from me. But, you know, on the flip side, the fact that they saw God working in my life. And Mm -hmm. while they aren't perfect and they definitely didn't know everything, they're willing to at least come alongside with what they did know meant the world to me. It encouraged my walk and not only just encouraged me, but you know, like I, I obey the Lord and I follow him because I love him and I'm thankful for what he has done for me. And, and I recognize I am in need of his grace every day. Mm -hmm. But having those ladies also see God working in me, put it in me to want to obey the Lord even more. It pushed me to pursue holiness with the Lord and to love what he loves even more. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Okay. Then my my follow-up question to that, that came as you were talking, you said, then you were intentionally pouring into younger women intentionally what do you mean did you hang a hey there's room for you or help wanted or i want to serve or did you find it was just a natural part of life that these women were there and just conversation engaged did it move to something more formal what did that look like it's both i mean there was both that i knew the lord wanted me to be doing something and i knew honestly going to like our women's ministry leader or going when i was in high school going to our youth pastor and saying i really you know, I want to be serving. What can I do? And he said, well, you know, we've got the third and fourth grade girls that I've heard need an extra leader for this. Would you want to help out there? And, you know, just taking and seizing Mm -hmm. those opportunities to serve. And so discipleship of me pouring into others started that way. 
after those ladies when I was in college specifically sought me out and I I saw that I felt that I thought even if I don't know everything mm-hmm. even if I still screw up all the time because I do you know lord you have already taught me so much it would be a sin to hold this in and not pass this on mm-hmm. and so then it also became open my eyes to see who around me and looking for those organic relationships to happen. Sometimes it would be just kind of through conversations. A person would say, you know, could you teach me how to study my Bible better? Could you teach me how to do this? Okay, great. And then other times um, there was a girl, she was a junior in high school and she just happened to help me go pick up pizzas one day. And we were talking about college and that sort of thing. And in that conversation, I just felt like the Holy Spirit kept impressing on me. You, I, I want you to spend time with her. I want you to spend time with her. And a few months later, I finally talked to her mom, called her up and said, hey, would you start meeting with me once a week? I really think that the Lord um, just wants us to get together and to learn how to study his word better, to learn how to pray better, just to learn to love him with all your heart. Mm-hmm. And she cried. Like, Mm -hmm. I said, yes, I've been wanting this. And even those times, you know, you have to remember there's, because you're two human beings, you're both flawed. You go into those with your own thoughts and ideas, and you're going to fail one another at different times. You know, when I'm, I'm working, when I'm working with somebody, when I'm discipling somebody, it is not to turn them into a mini Alyssa. Instead, it is to continually point them to Christ so that they can be conformed into his image and his likeness. Mm-hmm. So the goal is not for me to be perfect in the perfect example, but for when I screw up to go, you know what, this week I totally took advantage of every distraction and I'm not sure I opened my Bible this week or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is and being honest, because oftentimes in that honesty, that's where you start to grow together because mm-hmm. with discipleship, while one person may start out spiritually stronger than the other, typically as you go through together, the Lord starts, because he teaches you differently, the Lord starts using the other person to also teach you. I think I think that's good. That's good. I'm thinking of Andy Stanley, you know, something that he said on a leadership podcast may have been in a sermon. I don't know, but it was Andy Stanley. And he said, you know, as a leader, Sometimes you have to do for one what you wish you could do for all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we think we're being unfair, you know, and if I can't do it across the board, I'm not going to do it. And can I just tell you, when I first heard that, I was kind of like, yeah, right. But can I tell you, that has been coming to mind more and more to me, even like with my grandchildren. You know, I have different access to different grandchildren. And there's part of me that thinks, man, I want them to think they have access to me. or I want this equal relationship. Or can I just say I feel guilty sometimes because I might be geographically closer to some than others. And it's just natural. And, And that has come to mind for me. And it's coming to mind again, as you're saying that. Because um, I'm really looking at our student girls right now. God is really opening my eyes to that to that generation, and they're just brilliant. But mm-hmm. they're they're living in such a broken, complex culture. But the thing is, they don't realize it because it's what they it's what they've known. And you know, so there may be a time that that you bring eight in because you host the small group or your church does the youth thing. But continually, I hear you saying somebody stood out to you 
you know, the Holy Spirit and depressed it, or, or you stood out to somebody else. So, you know, if there's a leader out there listening or just a woman, you know, that may be beating yourself up thinking, man, what is it about this one girl I'm drawn to or these couple girls I'm drawn to? I would just encourage you to listen to what Alyssa's saying, because it doesn't mean that you're not training a group, but there may be those two to three that God's saying lean into because he's got them at a different season, different position, a different readiness. Does that make sense, Alyssa? Absolutely. Well, not only that, but oftentimes I think he also uses our personalities, like just Mm. and how we learn and how we teach. Like what I've typically seen is when there's that one on one that happens, I start seeing, Lord, I can see why you have me speaking into her because I see these similarities of her with me Mm. that in my past caused areas of fallenness and brokenness and sinfulness. Mm. And with her, I can see these pitfalls that the, that the enemy is just placing right in front of her. And I can walk in and go, honey, let's watch this step. Let's be careful with this. Let's be mm-hmm. you know, mindful of this. And she's going, well, why? Let me tell you why. Because I've, mm-hmm. seen, and I've seen what the enemy will try to convince you of. And this is where we fight. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't feel bad when the Holy Spirit is impressing on you for just one mm-hmm. or for a pair. And, and what you do is when you feel bad, I think then you also pray for the others. Lord, bring the right person in for the, you know, for the other girls in this group. Mm-hmm. Because I know if there's anyone who knows exactly how to reach them, it is you. It's not me. It's you. That's rich. And I love what you said when you said, oh, honey. This is when you fight. Let me let me tell you what can happen. This is when you this is when you fight. That so resonates with me because if if God is doing anything in my own life, he's revealing himself to me in the areas that I have desperately been praying for him to reveal himself to me. God pull back the curtain and let me see and understand the spiritual world. And I don't understand the spiritual world, but I'm having revelation moments. And can I say we have got to learn to fight. As Mm -hmm. women, we have to learn to fight. Um, We have to teach our girls how to fight. I think we need to unlearn some things and learn some things in that that area. So what do you mean, Alyssa? Teach her how to fight. This is where you fight. What What do you mean by that? Oh, what do I mean by fight? You know, okay, so right now, I'm just going to take what I've been learning. I have the ladies going through Psalm 119. And Psalm 119 is it's 176 verses long. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. It is an acrostic poem broken into 22 sections. Each of these sections are focused fully and completely on God's word as being the end-all, be-all, everything. Mm-hmm. But like, listen to this. It says... Starting in verse nine, the second section says, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? And with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Mm -hmm. So that's where I start with discipleship with these young ladies is going, look, the enemy, you know, in first Peter, we're told that our enemy um, the devil is like a lion looking around for somebody to devour mm-hmm. you. You need to watch out. His goal is he can't steal you away from the Lord, but he can sure mess with you and he can sure chew you up and spit you out and mm-hmm. you know terrorize you. So what do we learn right here in Psalm 119? My whole heart, with my whole heart, I seek you. And then that prayer, let me not wander from your commandments. Mm-hmm. All right, so seeking him wholeheartedly, goes hand in hand 
with not wandering. And then I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. All right. So what are we putting in? And that's the first place that I go with the ladies is um, with these young women of let's start going to the word sexual issues are your are what you're dealing with let's start going to the word what does the lord say about purity what does the lord say about your body your body is his temple for crying out loud your body is his temple we don't want to treat it badly and with that you can also go into eating disorders your figure your appearance and so it really is going back to the word being what we fill up with. So then the fighting that, you know, that's where I teach them. You go through the armor of God. Every piece is actually a, like a, is a defensive type piece, mm-hmm. except for the sword, which is your mm-hmm. offense. That's mm-hmm. the word. This is what God has given you to fight with. So let's look through together and let's find some scriptures for you to start memorizing. Mm-hmm. And if you struggle with memorizing, let's make a song out of it or let's write it down on a card and you keep it with you so that when that struggle starts to come in, excuse yourself, go to the bathroom and pull out that verse, mm-hmm. pull out those cards and pray and come back here. Okay, now you've screwed up. You know what, honey? We all do. That's where we go back into Psalm 119. You've commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. We're told right here, we know we're not going to be able to do it perfectly. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. Okay, now let's not let the enemy bury you in shame. Instead, let's repent. Let's confess. The Lord will forgive. And then let's turn our eyes back fully on him. So Mm -hmm. it's really helping them walk through and learn how to use the word for everything in their life. That That's good because the whole time you were talking, I kept thinking two words, access and motivation. We talk a lot about the heart of leadership, developing that leadership character. You know, you can have all the skills, but if you don't have the heart and it, it all boils down to what's the motivation of your heart. Um, do you want to serve people? Are you watching for opportunities to serve and not serving as a checklist because my title says I'm supposed to do these things. That's that's task, but serving because you want to. And that's what I hear you describing there. Alyssa, thank you so much for being with us and, and sharing just part of your story. There's so much more there. And I'm so grateful for how you're always willing to pour in and train not only the ladies there in your local church, but, but you know, the ladies here in the state. But ladies, if you're listening in, I hope that you take a couple things away today. Um, who is God putting in your path right now that you may be seeing as an interruption, but the Holy Spirit is bringing those paths together? Alyssa, would you want to give any last comments or, you know, I don't really want to say a challenge, but do you want to give any last words to the ladies that that maybe is listening in and they think, God's been tugging at my heart or I should do this, but um, maybe they're still on the fence a little bit. Sure. I honestly have two thoughts. One of them, I think back to judges in the beginning of judges, you know, they've just made it into the promised land. Joshua passes, you know, they've conquered, people are settling. Joshua passes, you know, his generation loved the Lord, promised to love the Lord. And then it says, and another generation rose up and they did not know him. And that's why discipleship is so important. That's why we continually open ourselves up to show our imperfect walks with the Lord so that others may learn that God is faithful so that they can see who he is and will follow him. There's that. And then my second point, 
if you are in a waiting period, don't waste your waiting period. Instead, take the time to pray. Pray and ask the Lord, who do you have? Who have you put in my path? And then if he doesn't give you somebody right away, then intentionally wait. Every day, continue to pray and ask for that so that your eyes are open, so that if you're at Walmart, if you are at the gas station, if wherever you are, whoever the Lord brings across your path, if you are intentionally waiting and seeking out who the Lord has for you, the Holy Spirit is going to open that up and he will open your eyes to see it. And then don't be afraid, just go for it. Ladies, that concludes our time today with Miss Alyssa. Um, Alyssa, I know she's available. So, you know, if you guys want to talk to her further, we just reach out to me and we can we can put her in contact with you. Many of you guys know her. Um, she she led our essentials training for us last year, and, and we're going to be circling back to her for some training opportunities here in the in the near future. So again, if you want to connect to her further, just reach out to us and we'll put you in contact with her. Remember, you're part of a community. The community's stronger when we're working together. So you don't have to do this alone. So if you're not connected with us, make sure to check us out on our web at ibsa.org backslash women. You can follow us on our Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women or Instagram it at Illinois Baptist Women. Be on the journey with us, girls. Have a good week and we'll see you next week at the Priority Now podcast. Thank you for listening to the Priority Now podcast. Please continue to join us on the journey to know Christ and make him known.